0: Figures. Big interest. Capital times. Forgotten like. Stars and naysayers. Cards and bars. Warm scars. To
1: the hot house. Take your socks off. Hey everyone, and welcome. This is Flooping the Pig, episode, I think it's 53. I'm Brad Garoon, and I'm here with Kevin Ford and Justin Houston, and we're going to talk about uh, what might be the last Adventure Time for a little while, because Cartoon hey. Network seems to... um. Seems to not want to air these things. So, Justin, why don't you um, take us through Walnuts and Rain and maybe the scheduling issues that went along with them.
0: Walnuts and Rain uh, was a story about Finn and Jake uh, where they're kind of talking about they're, they're out in the evening and they're talking about what they're going to do when they get home and uh, they fall down a whole individual hole that are kind of close to each other. Um, Finn ends so, up Falling down with this uh, big um, king, got, like humongous king, humongous. I think is his name or something like that.
1: It's King Huge actually, which I think is, I'll talk more about later.
0: Yeah, I uh, I know it's whatever. We'll get into that. So uh, King Huge, and he's a huge king, so it's pretty on the nose. Uh, he's being like fed, and he's obsessed with his clock. And there's these little like watermelon meat creatures, and Finn is uh, kind of feeling it at first, uh, but he ends up not feeling it. But Jake's whole situation is very different. He lands on like a raft that's slowly, or he or, like he's, he wakes up and he's on like a uh, like a raft, and there's a um, and it's slowly falling, and there's like a parachute or, that's that's up kind of as it's as it's floating down. And uh the guy that's on it, uh, his name is, I think it's like 7718. It's really just Bill. He, for- he thought he'd forget his name, so he wrote it down on the raft. He wrote Bill, but he saw it upside down. And if you ever played with a calculator, you know what I'm talking about. And if you don't, you had a weird childhood that didn't have anything to do with mine. Uh, but so Jake wants to stretch out. The guy's like, no, you were falling. We're probably falling for ages. You're not going to be able to reach the top. Besides, he's probably looking for you. Both sides end up telling the other person they're probably looking for you anyway. So it's no big deal. Um, And um, Bill talks about, uh, you know, uh, where the episode title comes from the fact that he's been just staying here the entire time. You know, he's just been floating down further and further. Um, And he's, you know, sometimes the hole drops down. Walnuts, sometimes rain. And he was able to subsist on that. Uh, while he was kind of, um, you know, just, just floating downward. So, Finn wants to leave his situation, and then, um, the fat jerk king was like, nah, you're gonna stay forever. And so Finn formulates a, a brilliant, but very specific, intricate plan to destroy this, like, cuckoo clock that he's obsessed with, uh, the king. And, uh, that'll. I don't know, spark anarchy. I don't really know what the plan is at that. Um, but so, like half of it works beautifully, exactly as he plans it, out and exactly as they show it. So he kind of wings it the the latter part, and he uses his great strength to finally knock this clock down and shattered it. And through a series like a Rube Goldberg type deal, it um, it ends up like releasing this, I guess, a stove where, and then a bunch of steam. Uh, had been rising up. And that's what you find out is that that second hole was, I guess, where the steam was being released by this oven, I guess, or the stovetop. Um, and since the, the calamity kind of put everything out, it stops. And so the raft that you thought was falling slowly was actually just being held in place and was fairly close to the hole top. So they fall and now they're in this, you know, land of one giant and tiny meat. Watermelon people. Um, <clears throat> Jake says, Hey, you know, you've been down here the whole time. And Finn says, That guy's a bad guy. The bad guy says, What are you going to do? Hit me and knock me out in one punch? And then that's what, that's what Jake does. He knocks him out in one punch. <clears throat> so they're out of the hole now. And Finn is riding Jake. Uh, and the other Bill the not, but not Bill was riding them too. And they're like, Well, they're calling him seven, I think, just for short. And they ask him what he's going to do now that he's out. And he's going to eat a hot dog, which disgusts Finn because that's like the worst parts of the pig. And Seven doesn't even care about that. And that is literally the end of the episode. Kevin, what did you think of it?
2: Uh, I didn't like it at all. I thought it was, I mean, I'm okay with pointless episodes, but I just thought it was boring and all that interesting. Like, I, like I don't. Those, neither of those new characters they introduced were all that, like, appealing. So I just thought it was a waste of time.
1: Yeah, so on first watch, I didn't first watch. I only watched it one time. It's not much, right? It's a, It's. I think of it like a real kind of callback, throwback to a season one style Adventure Time episode where Finn gets in trouble, Jake gets him out of it. Uh, it reminded me kind of a lot of Dungeon with a little bit less character development than Dungeon. Um, it has a few more connections. Uh, I think Huge King and Prince Huge from the Hard Easy are probably... Related, They look alike, and their crowns are similar sizes, and I wouldn't mind hearing Brian Doyle Murray come back to Adventure Time. That yeah. said, um, even though this episode wasn't much, I read Tom Herpich say that this episode and a future episode are connected, that they wrote them, that Tom Herpich and uh, I forget who the other storyboard artist was, they wrote them as companion pieces. So this is really part one of a two-parter um and I think the other one is going to be chips and ice cream just based on the names like frost and fire, earth and water, this and chips and ice cream. But unfortunately, because we have no, it should have aired in two weeks from now or three weeks from now. And now we have no idea because cartoon network seems to be screwing with us. But I don't know. I thought the episode was fine. It just wasn't, I, I did like it more in the mindset that there's going to be more.
0: I didn't hate the episode. I mean, I, what I got out of it, it felt like a story that it was sort of about the way patience can turn into like laziness or slothfulness, or it can kind of erode you a little bit. And that's, you know, like you said, that's very season one thin. you know, to just scream my way and, and just like rage out of a problem, um, just with sheer will and guile. And, uh, that, that's really what this is here. You're presented with two sort of versions of, uh, what it means to slow things down and and be patient and uh and on the one side Bill's whole situation was that if he had tried it all or made some like a series of efforts to ascertain his situation, he may have been able to figure out he wasn't falling endlessly, but he didn't. He just sort of waited it out, which Jake was pretty easily convinced to also do as well, because that's in his personality. Um and Huge King, that's his whole life, is just a series of waiting for something to happen. Something to occur, and just talking about that thing happening and how kind of pathetic it is, and that really butts heads with Finn, um, who, I mean, that's that's kind of a fantasy to him, waiting for something to happen rather than, I mean, it's illustrated in the very beginning when he goes on and on and on about all the things that he wants to do that night because he's very proactive. He's not about just oh, I think I'm gonna I think I'm just gonna chill. He has those moments, but by and large, he's a very like like up and at him guy. And that's what allows him to defeat Huge King so easily. It takes a gargantuan effort for, uh, Huge King to do anything at all, which is ironic because the hardest he's ever worked is to preserve his laziness and this sort of, uh, like lousy life he's, well, I don't want to say lousy, but, uh, just inactive life that he's forged for himself. Um, so from that perspective, I got a lot out of that and I thought the episode was interesting, but it just wasn't, it wasn't as funny or, or the dynamic wasn't as interesting
2: as uh, as I would have hoped. I mean, I think the fact that it has a companion piece is fine, but it should be able to stay on its own legs as being something interesting in of itself. Like Bimo Noir doesn't need its previous episode to be good, it's good on its own. And this I just didn't think was all that good.
1: Bimo Noir is not actually like related yeah, I mean, to Princess Potluck. That's just a cute I think that's just sort of a cute little easter egg. But the two episodes don't actually coincide at all until the very very end. I, I think it's more like frost and fire and earth and water, and those two definitely um stand on their own.
0: The ending is really abrupt, uh, in this and sort of uh, it doesn't tie anything together like they like they normally do. You know, um, it's like just getting a hot dog and like Finn sort of lazily complaining about hot dogs. I, I didn't. I don't know what that ending was, or was supposed to be, and I agree I think, that you can't go in, you know, I didn't know there was a sequel to this, so it, it has to stand on its own.
1: Right, but the, again, as a throwback to season one, which you have to assume this, this had to have been, because it's so like that, and then all these, all the people who were complaining about season five and season six got, they loved this thing, um, like Memory of Boom Boom Mountain ends with Jake saying a porpoise fell in love with him, or a dolphin fell in love with him, and um wait what's the other one? Uh, Evicted ends with a worm forcing Finn and Jake to hug him, King worm I mean, like the uh, other just like really random things that had nothing to do with the rest of the episode and don't really do anything. I think this was really a callback to that
0: right, but you're actually speaking to two episodes where the catharsis was actually, and the resolve was built into the the episode. It was almost like um. Uh, like an extra little bit at the end,
1: you know, like, well, that happened here too. The they, that, I mean, they got, they got out of the, they got out of the hole. They knocked out King Huge. It just wasn't, I, I mean, I'm with, I'm with Kevin in that it's just not as compelling. It's just like not, it wasn't that interesting or funny of an episode, so that's why the random ending maybe felt a little bit abrupt, but, but the, but the, the result happened. They, they beat up Huge King and got out. You don't really I need don't more of that.
0: So. It, it's, it's not about a physical, a lot of it would it would have gone a long way to see how Bill have, have him have a more direct reaction or, or find out what he would have done. Um, especially if, you know, I think a better, uh, you know, indicator of, or it would have, I don't know if it would have been a better episode or it would have made more clear the point he was trying to make. If he said, Oh, I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to go right back to work. And this idea that, you know, he's been encapsulated for so long, and he's going to, now that he has this freedom, the only thing he can think of to do would be to go right back to doing the same thing over and over and over again, um, would have, I think, at least been a more satisfying ending. We just didn't get that moment where it, it all tied together.
1: And I, mean, those we didn't, I, I, I don't think soon. we got that moment in Up a Tree. I, I think Adventure Time does this a lot, where you get the abrupt ending. I, I forget what episode I was just watching, but it ends with them just, like, busting out the window. There, there's just a lot where we don't really get much at the end because the show used to be really freaking goofy,
0: right? But I mean, well, that's still this. You're, you know, we're talking about episodes that range five seasons. But the point I'm trying to make is, even if it's a goofy ending, like I don't consider like King Worm at the end of that episode like the ending. It the resolve to the issue at hand, or or the message of what the episode's supposed to be or trying to say. Is wrapped up and then they just do some gentle goofiness at the end. This didn't have that. It just jumped right into the like the goofiness rather than have any sort of like why why did this why why am I watching this what am I supposed to get out of this well what about uh, what
1: about Death and Bloom where the very resolve they were like thank you Peppermint Butler and he goes all good now I'm going to kill you and then that's it it's over
0: uh, I mean that's the thing is that the, the Peppermint Butler thing was like the version of this it's that sort of wackiness. But uh, everything you were going to get out of the story, you got out of the resolve of the stuff with death. I mean, that's that's supposed to be And up a tree wasn't about anything anyway. I and mean, that's that's another episode. that's just like it's wacky about Mark story, Maron. Like uh, yeah, it's pretty much the Mark Maron show as a um, confused squirrel. Um, <laughs> but I felt like this, I guess maybe that's where I'm coming from. I felt like this episode was trying to say something and started saying something and then just sort of trailed off. Which Adventure Time is pretty good about. If they're gonna say something, they'll kind of finish it. Although there, now that I say that, I'm thinking of a lot of examples of, uh, and, and all I can think of is ta- like Psychic Tandem War Elephant, um, and how like there was no good lesson for that episode. Um, that they they normally tie it up pretty pretty tightly and, and make it very clear why something is the way it is before they just have some, like, random cutoff. And I, didn't feel I, ag- I, I just don't
1: them. agree with that at all. I just feel like, especially earlier today, I was thinking about um, the mountain and how it was not clear what the... They're, they're definitely trying to say something, but it wasn't clear what it was, and then it ended with Greece. And, you, you know, maybe you interpreted it as... Lemongrab's cool with himself now, but I think it was very ambiguous. I think this was a lot less ambiguous.
0: I no, I think you're right. I think it's definitely ambiguous, but it, it's an ending, like some, like it, like I don't know, like he had a, he made an action or reacted to a situation, um, and you got to see that I don't know through completely. I don't know. I just I felt like this wasn't done. It wasn't all the way cooked.
1: Where was the snail man?
2: Uh, he, we were so like like there's that one point where um, Bill and Jake were like playing cards on the raft, and then like the snail was hanging out on the side of the raft after they were done playing cards.
1: Oh yeah, I actually noticed that. As soon as they fell through the uh, into the pot, the snail was on the side. I saw that. Guest voices this week were pretty good. Matt, uh, he's Badger in Breaking Bad. Now I'm forgetting his name. Matt Jones, his name. Matt Jones. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's the guy. He was um, King Huge, and uh, Chris Isaac. <laughs> Chris Isaac was seven seven one eight. Um, I don't. I'm not like a fan of Chris Isaac. I don't know his music, but some people might like that. So that was the thing. Those are the voices. Um, Kevin, or not Kevin, me. It's me time to talk about comics, which apparently Justin didn't read again, but Kevin and I did. So we'll talk about them um, this time around. Ice King has kidnapped Lumpy Space Princess, and Finn and Jake bust him bust her out and when they go into her cage to free her, she says something about them being true heroes, which is a password to open up a trapdoor in a dungeon that apparently years ago Ice King and Hunson Abadir made together. So Finn and Jake are super stoked to check it out. They uh, They allow Ice King to tag along with them as they go through first Ice King's dungeon, which is pretty easy. They get through everything without too much trouble, and after they destroy the final boss in the dungeon, they find a treasure chest and open it up. But it's a it's a photograph of Ice King and Betty, um, which is treasure to Ice King, but not really to anyone else. So And it's got a nice poem on the back. Uh, so they move on to Hudson Abadir's dungeon, which is a little bit more... Um, more interesting, which they give Ice King crap for. They tell him that Hunson's dungeon's much better, but Ice King goes on and on about how it was his first dungeon, and it was a learning experience. Um, But then, even that dungeon is pretty easy, and they get through it without much of a problem until the final boss, where uh, Ice King and Jake get knocked out immediately, and Finn has to um, blow air into their mouths, and blow them up like balloons, and then use their powers without their without them being conscious, against the boss, and he wins pretty much single-handedly. And then that opens up a treasure chest, which is just the moldy old fries that Huntson stole from Marceline. So obviously the treasures are very personal. Um, And that leaves Finn and Jake bummed out again. But then a skull dungeon opens up, and Ice King remembers that there was a third dungeon maker, and that it was actually the Lich who had busted into their dungeon-making club and knocked them out for weeks, and when they woke up, they noticed that there was an entrance to a third dungeon, but they never dared to go into it. But now they're daring to go into it. And uh, first Finn goes in, and it warps him to Farm World. And uh, it becomes pretty clear that the comic books exist in a completely separate alternate universe from the television show because Finn, well, I guess it wouldn't matter because Finn didn't remember, remember being in Farmworld World anyway. But he's back in Farm World, and he finds the Lich's skull, and he destroys it, and that gives him another treasure chest. Treasure chest, which uh, opens up and it's a cool helmet. So he finally gets something he wanted. Um, and then we look, we go to Jake, who gets transported to a sort of bizarro version of Ooh, where Finn has stretchy powers and Jake doesn't, and everything is slightly off color, but Princess Bubblegum has made a dog treat cake, so Jake's just excited to eat it, and I guess he sort of, we sort of assume that that's his treasure. And then we see Ice King get transported to a uh, small jail cell, I guess, where Betty is, his fiance, And he frees her from... Oh, I forgot to mention that Jake helped Stretchy Finn destroy some of uh, the Lich's limbs. And then Ice King's in this dungeon, and he sees Betty, and she's being held against a wall, uh, but instead of shackles, she's being held by the Lich's body parts, which Ice King destroys. And he frees her, and they start making out. Uh, And then we go back, we get a flash to um, what's really happening, and They're all in a sort of alternate Lich world, and what they're seeing is sort of hallucinations, and they're really just playing with Lich-style monster bones. Um, So Finn's the first one to realize this, and he uses a love song to destroy the illusion, um, and then he runs to Jake's world, where he uh, does a rap about how much he cares about Jake to destroy Jake's illusion and fight stretchy Finn. Um who was a monster after all, and then they go to Ice King's illusion, but it's much harder for them to convince Ice King that Betty is not real because she keeps talking about how much she loves him. Um, But eventually Finn and Jake do another rap about how much they care about Ice King, even though he's kind of annoying, and that makes the fake Betty uh, crumble and explode, which is kind of sad because she never really turned evil, and Ice King's very upset about it uh but then they all end up back in the real world where a shadow of the lich attacks them but i believe it's more i actually just read this like an hour ago but uh and i am already kind of fuzzy on it but um another uh song about good feelings makes the lich go away um and that's it that was that was this this big story arc i thought it was all right um it i it read really quickly so that was nice. But I guess now that I'm recapping it and I can't really remember how it ended, it doesn't really bode so well for it. Uh, Kev, what did you think of it?
2: It definitely was muddled by its own complexity in the end. Because I do recall, as they're going through and singing to get rid of it, I, I remember like getting confused or not really understanding what was going on. I do like that they called back to a lot of stuff in the show. Like they called back to, um, uh, you know, like you said, with Betty and... Uh, the farm world and the lich and Marcy's dad and how there's the fries are the thing that hits his treasure. And the picture of um, of Simon and Betty is the picture for Ice King's treasure. Like all that stuff I really, really liked. Um, but this, it's it like there was some cool Easter eggs for big fans of the show. But the story itself just, it was, it was okay, but it wasn't all that super great or coherent and compelling. So it, I was, think- it was fine.
1: I think that's a problem with the comics in general, aside from the fact that they overuse the word bro times, which they never use in the show, mm-hmm. um, is sometimes the, it, it is a little bit disjointed and hard to follow, and I think there are, co- not continuity issues, but um, transition issues from one page to the next, where it seems like they skipped a few steps sometimes.
2: Are you familiar with the sketch, go- sh- I'm sorry, the sketch show, The Whitest Kid You Know?
1: Yeah, I saw it once on an airplane. I didn't like it.
2: There's a lot of times where I watch that show and I think they have good ideas and they either don't know how to end the sketch or they don't know how to get that idea and put it together in a coherent way. And I think that's what a lot of these comics come off as. They're like, wouldn't it be cool if we did this and we could mention these things? They go, yeah. And they kind of write it and it's like, uh, okay, well, we did those things we kind of wanted, but now we need to, like, fill in the blanks, and that seems tough.
1: Yeah, I'm with you. Um, the other thing, wait, the whitest kids you know. Oh, that's sort of a problem with sketch comedy in general. They made fun of that on on the SNL 40th anniversary. I forget who it was was introducing. You know the the rich history of the digital shorts, which he called the best thing on the show because they're made to look nice and they're edited and they're and they're shot. They're not many times And they're not live. And then the sketches. And then and then under his breath he was like, No, I kid. The sketches are good. They're just really long. Which means, like, you never know how to end a sketch. Yeah, for sure. Unless you're the kids in the hall who are perfect at it.
2: They're fantastic.
1: Um, why don't you tell us about the standalone that came after this?
2: Yeah, don't really know what the name of the standalone was. I think it was called, like, Grocery Time Part 1. Can you I still think it was me? Called,
1: I think it was called Adventure Me.
2: Okay, so I was reading something else. So the reason it's called that is because um, you're seeing the comic through the eyes of one of the characters in the story. You don't know who it is at first. Uh, so this person comes over to Finn and Jake's house and apologizes for being late, uh, and they're planning to go on an adventure with them. So they go outside looking through their uh, uh, telescope try to find adventure, and nothing seems to be coming until all of a sudden the gumball guardian comes and punches all three of them and takes Finn and Jake hostage. And it turns out it's the Ice King who's controlling the gumball guardian, and he uh, he accidentally made the gumball guardian evil by controlling his mind, he just wanted to do it temporarily to see what it would be like to be hauled, but that obviously went awry. So, as the uh, the Gumball Guardian is stretching out Jake, Jake hands the character the Adventure Tome as he is being stretched and says, you this is, you can use this to figure out a way to save him and Finn. So you're looking through the book, and you basically only see one page which has like the different versions of Jake, like Snowsuit Snow Jake and things of that nature. So... The character decides that Finn will ask the Guardian nicely for a gumball, and if he's asked politely, he has to do it. And so when this happens, the Ice King will pretend to be the gumball, so as he's being ejected, he can reset the gumball Guardian from inside because the switch to change him is inside, like, the the chute in which the gumball comes out. So it works. So So Ice King hits the switch, and the gumball Guardian's reset, and notice says that his head is broken, and so he goes back to the Candy Kingdom to be fixed. So then the Ice King explains that he put a crystal in the Guardian's head, which put him under control of the Ice King for for a couple of questions. And Ice King's first question was to ask what it's like to be tall. And the Gumball Guardian said, Being tall is okay. I don't really know what it's like to be anything else, though. And then the Guardian asked his, his master, the Ice King, what he should do. And Ice King was just like, "Oh my, your mom. Who cares? Go do whatever. Go nuts. And so that's when he came up and punched everybody in the treehouse. And uh, the implication that they allude to is that Finn and Jake had planned this adventure out for the character who came to visit them as a birthday present, but the Ice King had it go wrong. So then the person leaves, and they all say goodbye, and this person's getting ready for bed. It crosses off having an adventure with Finn and Jake on their list, and we see that it was Princess Bubblegum the whole time. She has like a Marceline, the Scream Queen, poster on her bed and, like, a, a painting from LSP. So, like, these gifts around her and then the one gift she got from Finn and Jake was to go on an adventure with them. Uh, it was a cute idea, a cute issue, and, again, another quick read. At first, when I read it, I thought I was like, wait a second, am I supposed to be the character in the story? But then when I realized it was actually a character in it, I I liked it a lot more. So, yeah, this was, this was fine. It was fun.
1: I guess I didn't get the point of making it be from Bubblegum's point of view. Um I, I guess it was just doing
2: different for the sake of doing something different.
1: Yeah, and she didn't really do anything. I don't know. It was you're right, it was fine. Uh these these one-offs I'm I'm not liking as much as the um as the the continu the you know the serialized stories. We talked about this a little bit over Gchat. We didn't talk about it on the show, but uh you know, the end of Ryan North's run on Adventure Time is coming up. We'll talk about it in a few weeks you said usually when an when an artist wraps up his run on a comic they wrap up all their stories and an i author. said what well, sorry an author what did i say an artist yeah yes. i mentioned author um well in this case it's an artist author combo so i had mentioned like i don't i don't think um there's anything to wrap, wrap up but i forgot to mention at the end of the of the the comics that i recapped jake mentions he has a stomach ache and nothing comes from it and it's not really he doesn't really say why and I'm assuming it's because he ate the evil cake that the evil lich people gave him. Mm. Um, so that's something I, I I'm willing to bet they follow up on, uh, much like they followed up on Bimo's weird robot building a few, a few issues back, um, and maybe that'll lead to the end of, or maybe the next the next serialized story, or the next, uh, or, or maybe near, near closer to the end of North's run. Yeah, even if it's not like a wrapped up story, they. Might just renumber it and start over again with number one. There, it's it's number thirty six after thirty five.
2: Oh, really? Okay.
1: Yeah. So that's that's it. Another quick episode this week as we wait for something big to happen in Adventure Time Land. Uh, Justin, Kevin, real quick, you guys want to take us through the the motions?
0: Yes. On Twitter, I'm at Justin J Houston PW Ponderings. Ponderings. I do another podcast with Kevin. It's called Viva Chikara. It's all about Chikara Pro, a pro wrestling promotion. That's, uh, it's, it's really good, and uh, it's it's really it's affordable as well. Those are my two selling points. It's good, affordable. Uh, Kevin, what else do you do?
2: Yeah, it's affordable at the whole price of $0, just like this podcast. Uh, yeah, you can follow me on Twitter at K413. Uh, obviously, you're listening to this podcast, you know how to get it, but we really, really, really ask you to share it with people you think may enjoy it. Leave reviews on iTunes and wherever else. You get the word out of about the show. That's its most important. Uh buy things through banners on pwponderings.com And in addition to listening to Viva Chakar in this, Just and I are going to be doing a WrestleMania thirty one preview podcast with Matt Waters in a couple weeks near that. So uh that should that should be a podcast, all right. What about you guys?
1: You can follow me at GarunGate on Twitter and then I also have a project called Burger Weekly wherein I find the best hamburgers in New York and talk about them every Wednesday and every Monday, talk about uh some great burgers you can find elsewhere in the country. And you can follow that at everything.com slash burgerweekly. And that's it. Uh Thanks for... Flu- uh, I, I, I don't know when we're coming back because we didn't really talk about this, but Cartoon Network has been really... I mean, I grumbled a couple of times, but Cartoon Network's been really weird about... Their airing schedule we don't know if episodes are airing or not if they are we'll be back if not we will not um and in the meantime uh regardless thank you for flooping the pig i floop the pig